welcome to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast from Houston, Texas. We hope you enjoy our English pastor, John Ryan Cantu's Sunday morning message. Um, if you have your Bibles this morning, I'm going to invite you to turn to Genesis chapter 37. Genesis 37, 5 through 11. Genesis 37, 5 through 11. Amen. Amen. And if you have it, Genesis is the first book of the Bible. <laughs> Um, we took a, uh, last week I was at a, at a, at a conference. We, we had like a little, uh, Royal Rangers conference and it was the, it was a good topic. I wanted to be there because it was about how we reach the next generation of young men. Um, we're living in an age of, of apostasy. We're living in an age where, uh, where people are, are stop, they stop going to church and they're, um, they're ex, they're listening to other things, other versions of truth. And, and so the conversation was how we can reach those people um, and one of them was, uh, one, you know, because we're, we're, we want to reach people with, with the word of God, right? That's, that's the foundation of our faith. That's the foundation of, of all truth. And so he, uh, uh, the, the speaker gives out these, this Bible quiz. And he says, okay, let's see how many of you actually know the Bible. And he gave, he gave this Bible quiz. And I was surprised that um, there was a lot of... <laughs> There was a lot of wrong answers, and I, I, I'm, I say I, I asked the guy, I was like, "Hey, let me have some copies because I want to give some to my church leaders." Um, so just be, be prepared for that, amen. Uh, but yes, Genesis is the first book of the Bible. Uh, Genesis 37. If you're there, say amen. amen, amen. And it says this: It says Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them. Listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright. When your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brother said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. Then he had another dream. And he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream. And this time the sun and the moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. When he said, when he told his father and all his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, what is this dream that you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Amen. I have a question for you this morning, church, and it's actually the title of today's message. It's what do you see? What do you see? What has God revealed to you in your life? Maybe in this season, maybe you're hoping for something, you're expecting something, you're anticipating something. Now that might be a combination of things that, things that you want, you know, maybe things that God never really promised you. Um, it, it could be like a new house, it could be a new, a new car, maybe you see that kind of in your future, even though God didn't say it was going to happen. I'm, I'm just curious, what do you see? Maybe it's also things that, that God explicitly spoke into your life. God has shown you, and you just can't help but get that image out of your mind. What do you see this morning, church? God is constantly speaking over the lives of his children. I don't know if you believe that, but he is. The word of God says that in the last days, do you believe that we're living in the last days? If we were living in the last days 2,000 years ago, we're for sure living in the last days today. And the word of God says that in the last days, God is going to pour out his spirit and young people will have visions and the old will dream dreams. And if you are constantly seeking God in your life, there's a good chance that he's spoken to you. So once again, what do you see? What do you see? Earlier this week, I, uh, 
I started writing down some of my, some of my goals, some things that I kind of desire in my life. How many of you know that it's okay to, to want things? It's okay to want things. Some Christians feel guilty when they want things, things that uh, don't directly maybe benefit the kingdom of God. We kind of feel selfish for wanting things. Um, but, and, and I felt that way plenty of times before. Maybe that's why it's taken me so long to write down what I want. But the Bible doesn't say anything about not having treasures in this life. Rather, it cautions us to not, what, store up treasures in this life. The Greek word for store up is thesarizo, which literally means to reserve. What do you do when you reserve something? You put it in a safe place. You hide it away. You don't want anyone to touch it. You definitely don't want your kids to touch it, right? Because it's, it's valuable. It's important. There's a difference between reserving and possessing. It's okay to possess things. Solomon was one of the wealthiest men to have ever lived. He was a possessor of many things. Job was blessed with many riches. Abraham had extreme wealth as well. It's not bad to desire some things in your life. But the word of God does say uh, to not concern yourself so much that you gain the whole world but lose your soul. Amen. Now that's not, the, that's not even the word this morning. But I, I wrote some of these things down. And I kind of set a vision for, for the next few years of my life. Because when you write things down on paper, how many of you know that it becomes like more real? When you write it down. When you write it down, when you put it on paper. Because now, all of a sudden, you know, it's not real in the sense that you actually have it yet. But it's real in the sense that, that you're, that you're going to get it because you're going to try to shoot for it. When you write things down, now you all of a sudden have this, um, this basically this piece of paper that is a past representation of yourself holding you accountable for the things that you said you were going to shoot for, right? And, and, and Melissa and I, we, we try to do this every year. We didn't do it this year, uh, but we, we tend to do it every year. At the beginning of the year, we, we write down some goals and we say, okay, this is what we want for this year. And then by December, by the new year, we, we pull out that, that sheet of paper or Word document and, and we look at it and we're like, okay, we didn't, we didn't do this. We, we, didn't, we completely forgot about this one. We, didn't, we did this and oh, it was March we quit that one, right? So it, it, it keeps you accountable for things. So, so write down your vision, man. Write down what God has spoken over your life. We are carnal human beings. We forget. I forget things all the time. And you don't want to forget especially the things that God has spoken over your life. You want to write it down and you want to constantly be reminding yourself of those promises. So I wrote down some of these things and I'll admit, I was looking back at the list and a lot of them were things that I did not need. I do not need a Ford Raptor that I've been wanting for like, since I was like 12 years old. You know, I don't, I don't need a super nice house. You know, God never promised me a super nice house. I don't need a lot of the things that I wrote down. The number one thing that I need is my salvation. The number one thing that I, that I want to always make sure that I have is for me to be walking in my purpose and in my calling, to always be realized. That's the only thing that I truly need. But apart from that, it's still okay to dream. Tell the person next to you, it's okay to dream. But tell them like you mean it. Like, hey, it's okay to dream. It's okay. It's okay to have ambitions. It's okay to have ambitions that God really hasn't explicitly promised to you that, that again, you were going to buy that house and you were going to have that, 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 that nice job, that you were going to have that career that you've always wanted. It's okay. In fact, a lot, of times, a lot of times God doesn't make people promises apart from the spiritual promises that we're all subject to. Sometimes 
You know, he doesn't make you a promise like he did with David, like he did with Moses, like he did with Abram. Other times, God works with where you go. He works in your now. How many of you know that God is working in your present? He is working right now. He is working right now because if you are in the will of God, if you are in the plan of God, wherever you go, God will be with you. So it's okay to see things that God didn't directly promise you as long as your focal point is Jesus. And let me tell you something this morning, church. I've been alive now for almost 30 years. And throughout all those years of, of, of living, I've, my dreams, my desires have always kind of fluctuated a little bit. Um, I think I've told you some, uh, some of my dreams before. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a basketball player, right? I definitely have the stature f- uh, for it. Uh, I wanted to be a basketball player. Um, and then I wanted to be an FBI agent. I wanted to be an astronaut. And if I had time, I was going to be the president of the United States. All those different things. I, I didn't know how I was going to do it. So it was like, in my mind, and I'm, I'm like eight years old. Like, okay, in my 20s, I'll be a basketball player. And then when I hit 30, so I'm, I'm due for this now, um, I'll become an FBI agent, right? And then I want to go to space. And all I need to do is just one time, then I'll get over it. And then I'll be the president of the United States. That was my dream when I was little. And then when I, when I grew up, when I got into my uh, teenage years, I started playing music, and my dreams shifted again. Now I didn't really want all those things that I wanted before. Now I wanted to be traveling around the world, playing music and writing songs and, and bringing people to Jesus through those songs. And, and I, I, uh, I did that for, I, I didn't travel the world. I, I traveled like Texas, you know, uh, like San Antonio, Dallas. Um, but, but I did that for a little bit, and then, then I got married, and then I had a kid, and, and I was like, oh, I, don't know if I, I don't know if I want that you know, for, my, for my entire life. And it's kind of hard making a good living as a, as, a, as a musician. So then my dreams shifted again. And then I said, you know what? I think I'm just going to be a businessman, and I'm going to start a business, and I'm going to start this music school. And so I did that for a while, and it... Praise God, it, it, it got, got a little bit of traction, and I had like four teachers that were working with me, and I had some partnerships with like the Boys and Girls Club. I was working like 50 to 60 hours a week, and I decided, you know what, I don't really like what I'm doing, so I'm going to have to change it again. And so even today, church, my dreams have changed. But there is, there is one thing that I know for certain, and that's if you are walking in the will of God for your life, every dream has a season. Every dream has, if I am to believe that God is sovereign in my life, which I do, and if I am to believe that God has a plan for my life, which I know that he has, I have to believe that every season is only preparation for the next. So if I'm constantly walking in the will of God, I know that there is never a moment, never a season, never a dream, never an action that I take that is a waste of time. I don't know how many of you need to hear that this morning. But if you are walking in the will of God, that's the key phrase this morning, the will of God. If you're not in the will of God, man, I can't really help you this morning. But if you are walking in the will of God, there is nothing in your life that is a waste of time. God is working something out for you. If you're walking in your purpose, church, if you are walking and you know that you are walking in your your, your purpose and you are fervently seeking the will of God in your life, you have every right to say, God has a plan for my life. God is doing something. I don't know what it is. I can't see it, but I can feel it. And when I can't feel it, I know that it's happening anyway. I don't know exactly what it is. I don't have the details, but I know that God is working something out because I choose him above everything else. And we have to realize that this morning, church. 
we have to realize that when you are walking in your purpose, God is for you. God is for you. And if God is for you, who can be against you? That is all over the scriptures. God would tell the Israelites, if you would just be obedient, if you would just listen, if you would stay faithful, if you would love me, if you would turn from your wicked ways, pray and seek my face, I will heal your land and I will pour out blessing upon blessing upon blessing because that's what you get when you're in the favor of God. You get his favor. So you have to take that and you have to understand something this morning. I want you to get this, that something that you would call a failure isn't necessarily a failure in God's eyes. Something that other people would count as a failure. And, and man, people really talk about your failure sometimes, right? They might not do it directly to you, but they're going to do it behind closed doors. And they're going to tell uh, everyone they know. Man, I, t- I told her not to get with that man. I told her that was a mistake. He was going to be wrong for her. Did she listen? Nope. Right? How many times? Like, I, I should have. He should have listened to me when I told him not to quit his job. That was a terrible idea. I should, they should have listened to me when I told them that starting a new business right now is not the best idea. Because you know what? Maybe that business did fail, church. Maybe that business did fail. Maybe that plan that you had, it did fail. Maybe that relationship you had, it did fail. But it doesn't mean that God's failed you. Because if you are in the will of God, I want you to check this out. you got to listen to this. If you are in the will of God, failure doesn't exist. Do you believe that? It took me a long time to realize that. If you are in God's purpose and you are staying in his lane and you are walking directly towards Jesus, failure doesn't exist. It doesn't. Because when you are in the will of God, man, and I'm talking about failure like catastrophic failure. Like that failure that that makes you say, you know what, I just want to throw in the towel. I just want to quit. I don't ever want to try anything again. I don't ever want to take a risk again. I don't ever want to do something that is going to waste my time. That doesn't exist. That doesn't exist. When you, what, what, what you see as a failure, God simply sees as a door shutting as he's getting ready to open up another one for you. So maybe you got fired. Maybe you got fired. Maybe you tried something and it wasn't for you. And now you feel like, man, I wasted a year of my life. I I wasted four years of my life going to school only to come out with a, a bunch of debt and no real job. And you're discouraged because you think you failed. What if God is simply using that to direct your path? What if he's leading you, church, on a journey of which the end isn't visible right now, but he has a destination in mind? I love what T.D. Jakes told his son, man. Um, his son was, was, I think they were at the dinner table as he tells it. And, and he says, his son tells him that he's thinking about going to school to be, to become a music producer. And he's kind of struggling with the, uh, the, the decision to do that. And he says, um, I don't know, dad, what if that's not the right thing for me? What if, what if I, I, I go through all this training and I spend all this money only to come out not wanting to do it? And, and, and his dad, T.D. Jakes, very wise man, he says, son, if that's the case, that's going to be okay. Because if that wasn't the thing, that thing is going to lead to the thing. That, thing, that failure is going to lead to the success story. And, and, and this is why... This is why I love the story of Joseph, man, because we see a man of favor, even in the midst of unwanted circumstances. Joseph receives a vision, and right from the start, Joseph knows that God is with him. The Bible says that he was 17 years old, 17 years old. You're never too young. You're never too old. 
God, God will impart vision whenever he wants, and he will use you. He was 17 years old when he gets his vision, and now all of a sudden, there's a game plan for his life. And it's not to say that he didn't have a game plan before. It's not to say that he didn't have dreams and ambitions and other things that he wanted to do. Maybe he did. Maybe he wanted to go to college. I don't know. Maybe he wanted to join the football team. I don't know. But maybe he had all these other dreams. But the moment that God spoke to him, that became his priority. And so maybe today, church, you're torn between the vision that God gave to you and the visions that you've had for your life. I want to tell you something this morning. This might be a little controversial, okay? But I I want you to stick with me. Don't be so quick to think that you can't do both. See, you prioritize God's calling. You prioritize God's calling. You walk in in that promise. If you're ever running away from God's calling in pursuit of your own or, or what you want, that's a different picture. But you can live in the will of God while also pursuing some dreams along the way. So for me, for example, I shared with you all my dreams that I had for my life, right? I wanted to be a basketball player, FBI agent, astronaut, all those things, president of the United States, none of which were ever being a pastor. I never wrote that one down. I never, not, not, I didn't even entertain the possibility of me pastoring a church. I never said that. But there was one thing that I I didn't mention to you earlier, and that's from a very early age, I committed to God. I remember being right there in in that corner at the altar, and I committed to walking in the path that God set before me. And I remember saying the words, God, I'm going to stay in your lane. I I committed to turning away from the things that I knew wasn't going to be from God and to walk towards the things that would uh, put me closer to my purpose and to my calling. Because if I could do that, And I can live my life in God's plan and put his purpose above my purpose and his plan above my plan and stay faithful and devoted to him. There would be nothing that could keep me from where God wanted me to end up. And so when you're walking, church, in in, in God's path that he marked for you, when you're going with God's flow, as I like to say it, you might still be able to get some of the things that you desired along the way. You still might get... You know, single woman, and you still might get that husband, you know. You know even if God didn't say, I'm going to give you this husband, you might, you might be uh, saying, you know what, God, I'm going to commit my life to you. I would like a husband one day, but right now I'm going to focus on you. If you do that, I bet you might get a husband one day. I don't know if there's any single woman in, in, the, in the house that need to hear that word, but, but you know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes God will bless you with things that... that He didn't even promise you because you're walking towards the thing that he did promise you. And you're going to understand, you're going to realize that that God is orchestrating certain outcomes. Some of them are going to be good. Some of them are going to be painful. But if you're walking in his promise, you have to know that it's going to lead to the destination. Joseph received what he was promised more than 20 years after the fact. More than 20 years later, Joseph finally gets uh, his moment. And, and, and there was a lot of seasons of, of doubt and seasons of confusion, highs and lows, and probably seasons of discouragement. But he got it. He got it. He got what he was promised. Why? Because he didn't abandon his purpose. Because he didn't, uh, he didn't walk away 
from the plan that God had marked for him. He didn't throw in the towel and say, you know what, God, why am I even doing this? It's never going to happen. It seems like such a long time ago where you gave me that vision and I'm nowhere close to it. Joseph kept going. He kept walking. He kept pursuing God's calling in his life. And if you read the scriptures, immediately after God gives him his vision, what happens? He gets attacked. He gets attacked. Let me tell you something. It might be a little scary to get vision from God because as soon as you get it, I don't know. I don't know if the enemy also sees it. Maybe he sees how happy you are, how excited you get because you're like, man, something's coming. And then the enemy's like listening and he's like, oh, okay, you think something's coming. Okay, how about this? How about I throw some things at you to deter you from from your calling? Because uh, right away, right away, uh, he begins to walk and talk in the confidence of who he knows that God has called him to be. And he's so excited. What does he do? He goes and tells his big brothers. I don't know if you've ever been excited to tell something to someone because you're expecting a certain reaction from them and then you don't get it. Like, like, uh, like when I first started playing music, you know, I, I quickly began like writing songs right away. I knew like three chords, but I was, man, I was writing these songs and, and we have these home videos. Um, we have these home videos. If you ever go to my parents' house, request them. You, you are in for a treat, okay? Uh, um, they're hard to watch, but, I mean, they're, they're, they're hilarious. They're basically, they're me in my teenage years, you know, strumming like three chords on, on this guitar. I don't know anything else, and it's a very awkward stage in my life. I have a bunch of acne. I don't know what my hair is doing. I, I have hair, praise God. Uh, but, like, it's just, it's really awkward, and my voice is doing weird things, but... But I look at those videos and we watch them pretty often. And when I'm watching them, I get a kick out of it because, like, you couldn't tell me that I wasn't going places. You couldn't tell me at the time that I wasn't, I wasn't talented. And I would, I would go into, uh, into my room and I'd lock myself in there for, like, two hours and I'd write these songs that I thought were, like, the next big thing. And I was going to reach the masses and the world was going to be changed. And I was going to cause res- uh, revolutions with my songs. And, and uh, I already heard it on the radio. I already had the, the, the vision, right? I was performing in front of thousands of people. And because I saw it and because I heard it, I was so excited to tell someone my first victims would always be my parents. <laughs> Notice I said victims. And I would play it for them. And I, I, I would... I had this little stool in my room, and I, I like turn off the lights. I left the closet light on to kind of set the mood, you know. And I had this um, this amplifier, and I, I'm strapped up, and and I was ready to go and start performing in front, of, in front of my audience of two. And my mom, I mean, she loved the song even before she heard it. <laughs> That's how moms are, right? She 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 was my biggest fan. She's. I mean, she probably still is. And, and, and I would play it, and she'd be like, I mean, even today, after every sermon, she's like, mijo, oh, my God. I'm like, it was just, it was, it was all right, you know? And, but my dad, my dad was always the one, he was a little bit harder to nail down. It was kind of his affirmation that I always kind of sought because, you know, he was, he was really critical. And I would play these songs, and every time he would, say, he would make a comment like, it's kind of high, right? <laughs> And I'm like, like, seriously, like, I'm singing the most beautiful song ever written. That's your first comment, right? And he just, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't give me those same, like, puppy dog eyes that my mom would give me. But it bothered me because I was looking for a different reaction from him. I was so excited to share it with him and, and get, uh, get positive feedback. But that doesn't always happen. That doesn't always happen when you share something 
that's, that's dear to you with other people. And I don't mean to compare my dad to uh, Joseph's hateful brothers because that's not what he was doing. He was being, <laughs> he was being constructive. Uh, but there are going to be times, church, where you are going to be so excited because God has given you something. He has shown you something. He has told you something in his word. And you just want to share it with someone because you know that something awesome is about to happen in your life. And God is going to use you to do it. And you're going to tell people and their reaction is going to be completely different than what you thought they were going to respond to. Completely different. And too many times, church, that reaction that we get from other people is held in higher esteem than, than God's. And because of that, in a single moment, people can kill your dreams if you let them. When you hear enough times, well, you can't do that. Like, that's impossible. No one's ever done that before. How much, how much money are you going to need for all that? Like, that's, you're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars. How much money do you have in your bank account? Like $30, you know? How, how are you going to get all the right people on your project to, to get it done? You have like 23 friends on Facebook. Like, Joseph's own family said, do you really expect that to happen? Do you really expect us to bow down to you? You're the, you're the youngest one, Joseph. And he didn't get the reaction he was looking for. But for Joseph, Joseph was a man who was committed to staying in the will of God. So it wasn't a matter of what he heard people say. It wasn't a matter of what he felt in a moment of confusion or discomfort. It wasn't a matter of what he had, what he didn't have. It was a matter of what he saw. What do you see, church? What has God shown you, church? Because if he has shown you something and that's what you see, it shouldn't matter what you hear. It shouldn't matter what you feel. It shouldn't matter what you have, what you don't have, because what you see is higher than all of those things. And what you see, what you see has to be able to withstand the hate and the attacks that come your way because they're going to happen. They're going to happen. It's crazy to me that as soon as, jo- as soon as God gave Joseph the vision that he would be a ruler, he became a slave. Isn't that that crazy? So like, so in Joseph's mind, he receives his vision and he's like way up here. And now all of a sudden he's way down here. Sometimes the vision is going to be way up here and the reality is going to be way down here. And now we focus so much on the reality that we forget about the vision. And sometimes God, he's going to do things like that. I don't know why he does it. Seems, it seems mean. But like sometimes God is going to show you something and then he's going to allow you to go all the way back to the starting line so that you can work for it. And Joseph, man, Joseph worked for it. Joseph worked for his promise. And in the middle of all of that, he became a slave. And then he gains favor with his master and his master gives him authority over his whole household. Uh, But then another attack happens uh, and it comes Joseph's way and now he's thrown into prison. And so I imagine Joseph, like once again, feeling like a failure, like, man, God, I was finally making strides. I was finally making some progress in my life to fulfill that vision that you gave to me. But now I'm back at square one. I'm in prison. I'm set back. I'm I'm delayed in getting my promise. But then the Bible says that he meets another man. And we're kind of going through his whole story here. He meets another man in prison. and, And the Bible says that he receives favor with that man. 
See, that's the cool thing about God, that, that when you are in God's will, you will receive favor in unfavorable circumstances. And so, and Joseph, Joseph's doing his thing, and he's interpreting dreams for this man, and then this man gets released from prison, and then he's restored as a cupbearer to the king. So, like, Joseph's like, all right, this guy's going to put in a good word for the king. He's going to let, he's gonna let uh, the king know what I can do, what, what God has given me. And the Bible says that the cupbearer forgot about Joseph. He forgot about him. And so he remains in prison, forgotten about, rock bottom. To anyone else, he's a failure. To anyone else, he's a failure. Even maybe to himself, he's a failure. But when you're in God's plan, failure doesn't exist. I don't know if you need to hear that this morning, church. But if you are in God's plan, failure doesn't exist. Years later, this is, this is the part I like. Years later, Joseph finally begins making progress. But not, not in God's eyes. No, no. Progress in, in our eyes. Progress in my eyes. Progress in your eyes. Progress in the eyes of, of man, right? Because he gets, he gets out of prison. And that's always a good thing, right? You're like, oh, man, finally got, got out of prison. Gets his life together. and You can start working again. And that's, that's a good thing. Good job, Joseph. And he begins interpreting dreams for the king. And, and the king puts him second in command. That's progress in our eyes, right? But... As God would see it, progress began the moment Joseph became a slave. Progress began. Movement started happening towards his vision the moment Joseph became the lowest of the low in human eyes. To anyone, that's called a setback. To anyone, that's called, yeah, right, Joseph, you ain't going anywhere in life, man. But, but for, for a man who operates in the will of God, nothing is a failure. It's only a process. And the thing, church, that you thought was a failure, the thing that you thought was a failure, how many of us have just made decisions and, 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 and we received certain outcomes and we thought, you know, we, we were exercising wisdom, wisdom because we were asking for wisdom and, and the word says that when you ask for wisdom, God will give it graciously and, and I thought that I was exercising my wisdom and I was seeking your plan and your will for my life, God, but now look what happened. I made this decision and it turns out that it was the wrong decision. What happens is that thing that you thought was a failure, that thing that you stressed over because you thought that you were, le- you were wasting your life away was only ever progress. It was progress because God has a plan for your life when you operate in his will. And so that means that every turn that you take, every season, every success, every failure is only leading to the ultimate thing that God gave you a vision for. What do you see this morning, church? Because if you're looking at God and you're looking at at his will for your life and that's what you're walking in, the Bible says seek first. Seek first the kingdom of heaven. Seek first. What, What does that mean? First. Before anything else, seek first. It doesn't mean you can't also seek other things. It doesn't mean that you can't want some nice things. It doesn't mean that you can't not want to go to college. You can maybe want to go to college. You can have that nice career. You can have that company. You can have everything that, that, that you set your mind on because that's the power of, of, of human creation. That's how God created us. But seek first the kingdom of heaven and everything else. Everything else will fall into place.
I want to tell someone this morning, church, and I will come up. If you have been faithful, if you have been faithful, man, there's been time, man, there's been times where I've felt faithful and God has left me. There's been times where I felt like I was doing everything right, but everything was going wrong. But for those who keep waiting, for those who keep their eyes on what God has shown them, even though it's not visible, even though it might not be tangible yet, God is working it out for you. I love that song. I love that song, Waymaker. I love it because it, it talks about us being in a season, us being in a moment that we're, we can't even see it, we can't even feel it. God is working. Because that's what the Bible says, that God works all things together for those that love him. I also love that, that song that, that Will sang, uh, that, that the enemy, what the, what the enemy sought to destroy you in, God saw it as an opportunity to be glorified in. And that's exactly what happened to Joseph. He went from the bottom to the top. And you think, you think that, that the enemy put him at the bottom. The enemy doesn't have that much power, man. It doesn't have that much power when you're operating in the will of God. See, see, God allowed it to happen. I would even say that God made it happen. See, sometimes God makes you go through the fire. Sometimes God makes you go through the pit. Sometimes God makes you walk through the darkness, but he's always with you because his plan is to take you into the light, into where the promise is, to where the blessing is. You got to believe that, church. You got to believe that if you are walking in the plan of God, God has a plan for your life and it's going to be realized. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. Now have the worship team come up and we thank you, my God, right there where you're at, church. I'm going to ask that you bow your head, that you close your eyes this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for this word, Lord. I don't know who needed to hear it, Father. I don't know, I don't know what people are going through, Father God. There is more, my God, there is more darkness, Lord, that, that many of us see. There is more hurt than many of us here, my God, that we, that we know about, Lord. And I pray right now, Father God, that you encourage someone with this word, Lord, to keep staying faithful to you, my God, to, to keep uh, going and pursuing you, Father God, and, and your plan, my God, and what you've shown them, Father, in Jesus' name, my God, that whatever they may walk through, Father, whatever they may stumble on, my God, Whatever attacks they may, they may receive, my God, let them know, Father God, that if you are for us, nothing, no one can be against us, Jesus. We love you, God. Thanks for tuning in to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast. Join Pastor John Ryan Cantu every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For directions or more information, visit us at primeriglesia.org. We'll see you next time and hope you have a blessed week.